I wake up the next day and of course do not want to leave. But I always remember what someone told me, one of my mentors told me that I ended up meeting on trail. And he said, you really have to be aware of town stops because people get extremely comfortable there and then they don't want to go back out onto the trail. So let's get into it. So this is part two in the Colorado trail. So where we left off was I ended up getting a hitch into Buena Vista, which I'll kind of shorten and say is, is called BV is what they always call it to get the lat, the, the big rash on my leg checked out. That's what I was contending with at the time. So I needed to go to urgent care. So anyway, so I get into Buena Vista and super cool little town, super small and end up going to the urgent care. And the first thing the nurse asked me is if I have my insurance card to which I reply, yes, I do. Because I thought, because I knew that I had the number and everything like that in my phone. The problem was, was that it, when I got into Buena Vista, I ended up losing complete service on my regular phone for whatever reason. So I could not pull up my insurance card, no matter how hard I tried. And also could, I just didn't, I didn't, I couldn't figure out which photo album I saved it in it either. So I'm searching, I'm searching, I get Wi-Fi. I'm searching, I'm searching. I cannot find my insurance card. And so she says, okay, well, here's what we'll do. You give me a call on Monday with the insurance information, and then we'll make sure not to bill you in full. And I'm thinking, dude, I don't know where I'm going to be on Monday. I mean, I have, I haven't had service for the last few days. I mean, I'm in the middle of an actual working town and my phone doesn't even work. So I was kind of sweating quite, quite profusely because I I just, I had no idea how I was going to get this insurance card. And, and Anyway, they pulled me back into the doctor's office. The doctor was super cool. Ended up explaining to him that I was on the CT and he was asking me a bunch of questions about it and hooked me up fat with a lot of ointment and as well as different uh, topical stuff to make sure what didn't get infected because he understood that I was on trail. When which was really cool is because he didn't tell me that I was stupid for you know, hiking on with a potential infection in my leg, if that's where it got to, because I kept scratching it and actually ended up to be where this doctor in particular commented on one of my CT videos. So he must have found me somehow actually after the CT, which was super cool. And he was a good guy. So anyway, I ended up finding my insurance card somehow by my phone. And so I ended up giving this to the nurse. I'm, I'm like, okay, crisis is averted. So I go walk in. And I get some food, I pick up my prescription, and I, again, my phone isn't working. So on my inReach, I'm trying to do inReach messages to the gal that had picked me up and got me into Buena Vista. And so she eventually comes and picks me up. They want to go back to the same Mexican food again. So we end up going back there. And now this is where an issue crops up, which was the fact that I went and I got another burrito. And I'm thinking this is going to be such a good idea because I'm going to pack it out. I'm going to pack out this giant two-pound burrito, and I'm going to have it for lunch. Or, or not for lunch, for dinner, actually, when I get back to trail. So I get back on the trail, and before night, I obviously, I just I throttle this burrito. I take a video of it on my documentary, and life is great. I then end up, 12 a.m., wake up. Never have had this happen before when I when I go to bed. Wake up at 12 a.m. on the dot, have to go to the bathroom. 
So I go to the bathroom thinking, okay, that's weird. I fall asleep. One hour, exactly one hour passes, and I have to go to the bathroom again. So I come back into the tent. I'm thinking, okay, this is really strange. And then 3 a.m. rolls around, or 2 a.m. rolls around, and I have to go again. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I gave myself food poisoning from this Mexican restaurant. I'm thinking I gave myself food poisoning from this Mexican restaurant. So I'm freaking out, obviously. And I wake up in the morning and I feel a little bit better, but I keep going down the trail. Now, mind you, I only have one gator on my left foot left, because if you remember from my first story on day three, I ended up losing one of my gators. (laughs) And so I have one gator on my foot left, but I knew that I was going to get into Mount Princeton hot springs for a resupply. So I had my girlfriend ship me some new gators. And knowing that I was also out of toilet paper. And I had to go to the bathroom again from this burrito. So I actually ended up using my last gator. So rest in peace, Ultra Gator. I'm sorry for you. (laughs) Anyway, I continue down the trail. And I end up meeting this really awesome person named Casey, who was in his 60s. He had just finished the Appalachian Trail and was just killing it. We end up going into Mount Princeton together. We eat some lunch and we come out. And everything's great, except we start to notice that a lot of smoke is starting to pick up, as in the fact that it's it's getting hard to breathe. And this was early, early, early July. I thought that I had gone early enough to where it was to the point where I wouldn't have to be concerned about wildfires per se. So I was a little bit surprised by that. I had my girlfriend checking out stuff. It looked like there was a fire that actually cropped up at the starting point. But and then all of the other smoke was actually rolling in from Oregon, California and things like that. So that was good news. However, it was extremely hard to breathe now. So we kept going and ended up to be where me and Casey had to part ways just because of the fact that I was going a little bit longer than he was. So I never again saw him. Uh, However, he did that Christmas actually send me a really cool mug because he owns a ranch out in New Mexico. So that was awesome. I end up camping. I end up camping that night. And another kind of issue cropped up, which was the fact that my now my ultra shoe was starting to fall apart right at the seams. And one of the things was, is I one, I was already behind in my itinerary. I did not want to hitch out again, but I knew I had to get this taken care of because I was starting to get into the San Juan soon, which was super rugged country. And you can't really have a shoe that's blowing up in, in country like that. So I made the decision the decision the next day to end up hitching into a town called Salida. So I get to this road and I stick my thumb out and I'm hitching. I think I'm doing a great job and I'm all confident because I had hitched the day, you know, into Twin Lakes in part one. And this lady pulls over. And she says, where are you hitching to? I said, Salida. She says, well, you're on the wrong side of the road, you idiot. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what a rookie mistake. Anyway, she ends up being a really cool trail angel and actually gets me and a couple other people into Salida. So I get into Salida. I get some brand new shoes and I end up getting a I end up meeting this couple. They give me a hitch out. And as we're getting a hitch out, you can tell that as the day progressed, there's just getting worse smoke, worse smoke, worse smoke. And by the time I get to the trail, it's just blankets of smoke so bad to the point where it was still COVID during this time. So I'm I literally put on two masks to try and do something to the smoke because 
I do not like putting my long-term health in jeopardy, especially when it comes to hiking and smoke, but there's not much I could do. I continue on the trail, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking I'm taking a big risk here because there's really no bailout points within the next many miles. If I keep going and the smoke's really bad and I want to bail, but really I just have to let it ride. There wasn't a lot of things that I could do at that point. So end up getting to this little weird little lean to in the middle of middle of the Colorado trail, because I had just got to where the East and the West collegiate loops meet. And then I was back on the CT. So we're on this big Ridge and I'm again, I'm solo by myself and I end up camping next to this lean to and at night, all of these big giant bucks and other deer are just surrounding my tent and just making so much noise. They don't care about me. I'm talking to them. I'm yelling at them to get them away. It was hilarious. Huge bucks. It was awesome. Kind of a highlight of the trip. So the next day, wake up and again, solo for most of the day, actually, actually the whole day again, and which has been the theme the last few days after, after this, actually, I, I'm kind of skipping ahead. So end up getting into finally get some service actually. And I remember we, me and my girlfriend kind of had a little small argument about the people that were hitching me into the Buena Vista, but I was super stressed about it because or not about that. I was super stressed just because it was storming again. I was trying to beat the storm. I had finally got service. It was all this type of stuff. And I'm like, right, really? Like, like we're going to talk about this and I'm trying to run for anyway. She's listening too, by the way. So I, I gotta be, gotta be careful about what I say. <laughs> Camp that night. And that night actually in my tent, I'm thinking, okay, I'm ready kind of for this trail to be over. And once I hit usually about two weeks, a little bit past that, I start getting ready to kind of get back to the swing of, um, I guess, normal life or, or just not being on trail. And it was starting to rain that night. And again, I'm by myself, which probably had a lot to do with it. It was the fact that I was by myself again for a couple of days and it starts raining again. And in the morning I'm thinking, okay, it's just going to clear up again. Like it has the pattern, but no, it stays cloudy the whole day or the whole morning. And I'm thinking, dang it, dude, this might actually stay in here for a long time. And that's exactly what it did. So a cold front moves in and it was extremely cold all morning, cloudy. And then the rain just opened up and it rained all day, never let up. And so this was also the time where I was going through what was called the cow pie section. At least that's what I call it. And it's where all these cows are. Basically, it's really sketchy to filter water out of any of these streams or ponds because at least without a backup filter, because they're basically shitting everywhere in them. And so I unfortunately had to get water out of some of these streams and I didn't have another filter that I wanted to. I was originally, if I, if I knew about this, I would have filtered water in my Sawyer and then filtered it again in something else. But I, I just had my Sawyer. So I was filtering this water really kind of sucked. It was a terrible day, probably definitely the worst day on trail, the lowest day. And it's just raining and raining and will not stop raining. And I'm filtering this crappy water. And all of a sudden, the rain stops. And I get to this bigger opening. And this family of trail magic appears. And they start pulling out food and everything. And I'm the only person there. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, like this is so awesome. The trail provides. So I just down some hot dogs. And they were grilling up stuff. It was phenomenal. And I end up camping that night next to kind of this gravel road. And again, wake up in the next morning and it's still really cold. That was probably the coldest morning 
of the trip, but it was beautiful. It was sunny out. There was coyotes going in the morning. It was really, really cool. But one of the things I remember is the fact that I had not seen another hiker going my way or the opposite way for two, three days or something like that. It felt like, I mean, every now and then you would see somebody, maybe one or two people a day is what I was seeing the last couple of days, which I was just not used to. Like I it was pretty freaky lonely. And I, so I remember telling the camera that, and I was like, dang, like I haven't seen anybody for a long time. And we're getting more into the isolated parts of the CT, which I guess totally makes sense, but you would still think that there was people on trail. So I keep going and the name of the day, the name of the game that day was to get up and over these big passes or this one giant pass. And I'm starting to go up there. And one of the things I wanted to do the next day was to get into Lake city, which is where I had my final resupply. And that was final. That was the final place before the San Juans. And this guy comes the opposite way. And I'm, we start talking and he must've started in Durango or something. And he says, Asked me what I'm doing. I said, you know, I'm trying to get into Lake City tomorrow. And again, just like the guy before Breckenridge in the part one of this series that I talk about, he basically says something to the effect like, oh, that's that's quite a long ways, actually, man. Pretty much doubting that I can do it. And I kind of lit him up a little bit. <laughs> in the middle of the trail, it's just two backpackers. And I kind of lit him up a bit and just said, you know, man, I'm just I'm sick of hearing all this negativity this dude said the same exact thing a few days ago, crushed it. And now you're saying the same thing. Anyway, so, something like that. And so I kind of lit him up. And so, you know, don't be afraid of that on trail when you hear the fear mongering and type of stuff like that. Light them up. Just light them up. They're not, they're not going to be expecting that at all. So that was pretty fun for me. Now, I end up getting to the top of that pass. And that was a dog fight. That whole day was a pretty big dog fight because it was basically uphill the whole time. It was just such this gradual, weird uphill. And it seems like you never had got to the top. Finally, I get to the top and end up camping along this ridge. It was super pretty. And my goal for the next day was to make the shuttle into Lake City. So I wake up super early. I try to make the shuttle. And I just realize like, I'm not going to make the shuttle in time. So I end up having to having to hitch again. This time, I'm on the right side of the road. <laughs> So I get to the point where there's where the the road is to get into Lake City after you know half a day of hiking and there's actually trail magic there so that was awesome so I'm getting some trail magic and then I go and I start to hitch I actually end up getting hitched picked up by this guy with a giant truck <laughs> and total like I don't he was a total he was a total like country dude older guy he was a, he's been a local to Lake City forever super nice and he's telling me all about the history of Lake City. And he's got a road beer. He's like, hey, man, you want one? I'm like, yeah, no, I actually don't drink. And so he's just road beer in it. You know, it's, this is just like my hometown back where I'm from. And so I'm thinking, this is freaking hilarious, man. Like, and one of the things about Lake City that's interesting is the fact that it is like the furthest town away from any other big town in the lower 48, something like that super super like a random place and and so i get into lake city and get a hotel my girlfriend reserved me a hotel which is awesome and i got to shower for the first time in 11 days amazing so i showered i end up going getting some pizza who the person that makes the pizza she owns the hotel she actually hooked me up with some lotion that i could put on my legs which actually solved a lot of my rash 
because I was starting to get better, but it was starting to get really dry. And I realized that because of the high altitude, my stuff was just getting so dry and, and itchy. That was the reason, one of the reasons why it itched, excuse me, it itched so bad. So that ended up solving quite a bit of it. I wake up the next day and of course do not want to leave. But I always remember what someone told me, one of my mentors told me that I ended up meeting on trail. And he said, you really have to be aware of town stops because people get extremely comfortable there and then they don't want to go back out onto the trail. And so I was really cognizant of that. And I had met somebody at the bar who literally said the same thing. He's like, ah, man, like I just, I I don't know if I really want to go back. And I thought, okay, like he's screwed. Like I will not see that guy again. Quick break here. If you're loving the podcast, please do me a favor and subscribe to my free newsletter in the show notes below called First Light. This is a monthly email where I will send exclusive tips and insights into backpacking, trail running, and mountaineering. And these are things that I don't share anywhere else. I also share other inspiring content that I've found on the interweb that will help you get stoked for your next upcoming adventures. Thank you so much, and let's get back to the show. I end up resupplying and go to catch the shuttle out now. And this one I was going to make actual time for. And so me and a couple other hikers are waiting to get back to the trail and it's like a 30 minute drive. So the shuttle is put on by volunteers, whatever the CT and one o'clock comes when it's supposed to be there, not there. 115, 120, 125, 130, still not there. And so we're going around like asking like, where is the shuttle? And ends up to, there's some miscommunication. So some other lady ends up hitching us back into the trail. And so we get to the trail and while I'm talking in this shuttle, I'm talking to this dude and he had a Catadyne B-free filter. And he was saying how he went into Lake City to see if he could get a Sawyer because his Catadyne was basically broken. They didn't have any kind of filter. So he was kind of screwed. We get to the trailhead and what do you know? As he's telling me this story, there's a dude in a van. It's like, oh, well, I have a Sawyer water filter. Do you want to use mine? I'm thinking, what the what are the chances of this? Again, the like the trail provides always. So he hooks him up with a brand new Sawyer filter and off we go. And so I have some people to hike with, which is great. So we keep going. And now this is, this is going to be the toughest part of the CT in my mind after Lake city, because we're getting into the San Juan, super remote, not a lot of people and yeah, just remote country, rugged country. And I had 120 miles to go and I had 120 miles of food as well. So that really sucked. I, I packed out a ton of food because I did not want to resupply again. And we end up getting to where we're going to camp. Actually, before that, we met, meet some hunters who were scouting and they hooked me up with a ton of treats, which was freaking awesome. And you always got to be friendly with people on trail. You never know. They, they might, you might get to yogi some treats. So they hooked me up with some treats. So I pigged out that night, wake up in the morning before everybody else, like usual. And beautiful morning get to the high point of the Colorado trail, which is like 13, three or 13, one, something like that. At this point, you know, altitude is fine. I'm I'm totally cool with altitude. I'd been, I mean, it was day, whatever. It was probably two and a half weeks in or so at that point. And I was stoked. I was stoked to be in the San Juans. It was great. The one thing I didn't realize about the San Juans though, was how exposed it was, how extremely exposed the San Juans were. And so as the day wore on, I started to feel the effects of the UV of the sun of being constantly exposed and above tree line. <clears throat> and the day just consisted of going up and down these passes 
up and down, up and down, up and down. And I was just extremely tired by the end of it. <clears throat> and I ended up making camp in this open area. It wasn't even like a spot on gut hooks or anything. It's just like where I thought I could just set up a tent, which was a little bit concerning because it was kind of below some of these rocks where you could tell they had fell. And I was like, okay, well, I'll only be here for a night. So this should be, shouldn't be too bad. And then I end up camping and midnight comes around and bam, thunder, all this thunder, lightning throughout the sky. I look out my tent and there's just lightning going everywhere. And I'm thinking, holy shit, I'm at like 12,000 some feet. There's no trees by me. I have no protection. It's, it's midnight. I can't see anything. And it's giant storm by myself, again, by myself. <clears throat> so I'm thinking, dude. And of course I'm be I'm below these rocks. If one of these rocks, you know, rock slide happens, I'm going to be, I'm going to be toast. So I'm like freaking out. And I keep counting the, the seconds to the thunder to where I see lightning to the thunder. And it seems like it's moving towards me. And then it seems like it's going away. Well, it continues for about an hour and eventually it moves, moves past. I'm thinking, Oh, thank God. Like, this is great. So I wake up in the morning and I remember like, telling the camera like i'm ready to get the fuck out of this place <laughs> i'm ready to get out of the out of the hot kai country for now then the next day the the mileage was tough there was some avalanche debris fields to go through where it just kind of toppled trees over like a like pencils over the trail and so that was interesting to kind of navigate up and over and things i mean it wasn't hard to navigate or anything it was just kind of a pain in the butt and and so yeah so End up meeting the person that I told you about that I t saw in Lake City that said, oh, I'm not really feeling about feeling going back on trail. Somehow he got in front of me <laughs> and I end up passing his tent. I'm like, dude, and his name was Bearclaw. I'm like, Bearclaw, what's up, dude? And so we end up chit chatting and I kind of move on because he was he was packing up his stuff, but end up to where I actually meet him later in the day and we end up camping together and he packed out from Lake city, some elk steak that he got from the local that hitched him in. And so we actually shared some elk steak together, which was freaking awesome. Freaking awesome. So the next morning I go solo again and I'm hiking and I actually ran into this girl coming the opposite way. And I was telling her about the storm that I got in at midnight the other day. And she ended up actually being in that storm, like in in the storm i was kind of on the outside of it and she was recounting her story which was i was thinking to myself i was like oh wow like that's crazy like i'm so glad that hasn't happened to me well just wait for the end of this this day i guess so clouds are starting to build this day starting to build starting to build starting to build and to this point i hadn't really been in too big of a storm i've been in i was in a lot of rain that one whole day of rain some different types of rain spells, things like that. And then I was in my tent, but I'd never really been caught in the open by a storm before. So I get to the top of this pass and I see this cloud to ground lightning behind me. And I'm like, damn, like that was pretty crazy. And it was so dark. Everything appeared to be moving the other direction though. And I even record that in my phone. I'm like, oh yeah, everything's kind of moving the other direction. <clears throat> and I get up to the top of this pass. And there's these two mountain bikers and they're like, talking about the storm and they're thinking yeah like we need to get out of here before we get hit by this thing of course they're on mountain bikes so they just fly down this thing right just boom and they're gone I, don't, I can't see them anymore so as i start walking down the pass i mean it's still another mile before i hit tree line and the wind starts picking up and i'm thinking oh dude and then all the wind starts picking up and it just 
bam, thunder above my head. I'm thinking, oh, dude, I need to take cover. So I end up packing. I end up getting my raincoat out. I secure all my stuff. And as I do it, it just starts sleeting on me. And it just sleet and wind. And the dark cloud is like right on top of me now. Just came out of nowhere. And so I'm thinking, I need to get down to this tree line. That's all the first thing I need to do. So I start running. Just I am in an all-out sprint going downhill. Thankfully, it was going downhill. I'm in an all-out sprint, and it's just hails pelting me. I'm like, ah, like to the point where it actually hurt. And I get under this tree, and I'm thinking that's going to be my saving grace. So I get under this tree, and it's just bam! It's thunder. It's lightning. It's th- I mean, I've never been in something so powerful like this. And the trees are wind, and, and eventually it's pouring so hard that it's soaking through the trees and getting onto me. So I have my Tyvek sheet. I put it over me, put it over my backpack to try to keep warm, try to keep the water off of me. But really to no avail, it actually was a terrible idea. And I sat there for about 30 minutes. I'm thinking this storm is going to blow over and it does not. It just keeps getting worse and worse. So I pack up my stuff. I try to get under another tree. I'm thinking I need to get moving because I can't even like my hands don't work. I could not even like I couldn't button like my I was basically wearing a Columbia button up and the sleeves were up like this. And I was trying to pull them down to buckle them at the wrist. And I could not do it. Like I had no dexterity. And so I stand up and I'm under this tree again. And by this time I've been under this for about an hour and it's not moving. And I'm thinking, I just, I have to start walking. Like, I don't, I don't know what else to do. Like I'm so cold. I'm thinking I'm going to go hypothermic. Nobody's around. Of course, nobody's around again. It's just me. And so I'm thinking, okay, the next quarter mile, half mile, one mile is uphill. So maybe that'll get my heart rate up and I'll start to get warmer. And so I start going and finally the, the, the storm kind of passes by and I start slowly warming up and it takes me until the end of the day, which I probably got stopped in that storm at about one, two o'clock. And by now it's about five o'clock still can't, I don't have any function over my hands, still cannot do anything on my wrist, on my buttons or nothing like that. And I get into camp and I was like, wow, that was so scary. And good luck to anybody thinking they're going to flick a lighter in something like that. Not going to happen. Your hands are not working in that at all. So really big lesson to learn. Now, the the next day I wake up and I knew that I had this huge exposed ridge. And I'm thinking I am not going to get caught out in something like that again. So I'm, I'm going to start super early. <laughs> so I start super early. and. Of course, clouds are building again. Thunder starts rumbling as I'm approaching this ridge. I get through the ridge, the first ridge anyway, and end up to getting tree line. And there's another exposed ridge. And now this time, of course, there's lightning and there's more thunder. And it's kind of a little bit, it's not on me, but it's like right to where I'm wanting to go. So I just hunker down in these trees, meet these two really cool gals. And we kind of make a game plan, like, what do we do? We're trying to look at radar because we had a little bit of service. We just end up making a break for it. Actually, they ended up making a break for it, and I just followed them. <laughs> so we ended up making a break for it. It was a good call. We did see some lightning, a good cl- gr- uh, cloud to ground in- at some adjacent ridges. But we got through it, and then we camped at the at Taylor Lake, which was the final camp of the Colorado Trail. So it was actually really cool. It was one of their birthdays. We kind of celebrated that and stuff and ended up again the next day. I went by myself. Now, this is the last day on the CT. So I always kind of like to do things by myself, especially, obviously, 
I do, but especially on the last day. So I, I woke up and started going by myself. It was really weird this day because uh, because of how much moisture everything got yesterday from the store or the day before from the storms, it was just getting, I was just getting whitewashed or just like, it was like a car wash going through all of this different vegetation and stuff. It was just, I was so wet and cold. But one of the things I was, what was really interesting was the whole time that I was on that last day by myself, I was just thinking about the people that I met and how, <clears throat> when I threw hike, I always want to do it by myself but and do things solo, which there's a lot of pros to that. But always, always, I'm always thinking, especially times when I'm super lonely, like I love to share this with people. It's it's a lot more fun. And so I was thinking about like all the people on trail and like how that's like just such a huge part of my journey and how much I love the the community and through hiking in general. And I almost get to the finish. It's about, we're about two, three miles. And there's these two other guys that are sitting on this rock watching this storm roll in. So I start BSing with them and we start hiking the final miles together and end up getting to the end of the CT. And it's the billboard or whatever you want to call it is there and tap it, which was really cool. And this old late older ladies there. And she asked us what we had just done and they, and they go, yeah, we just ended up walking from Denver to Durango, 500 miles. And the first thing she says is just not congrats, not anything like that. She's like, well, you better do it now until you get my age or you can't do anything like that again. And again, as in the theme of this trail, I, I called her on her bullshit and I said, I said, that's not true. And she kind of like rumbles something again, like trying to kind of play it off as a joke. And I was, I just said, you know, again, this is not true. I mean, I, I've met so many people that are your age and older that have done extraordinary things on this trail. And matter of fact, are probably going to be finishing just a few days after I am. And so one of the themes of this trail for me was one, finding out that I, I genuinely do like hiking trails with people, but two is that there's a lot of limited thinking. And if you listen to too much of that limited thinking, especially when it comes to physical endeavors for me, that really fires me up. And you can't live your life listening to these people. It's just simply because they're not able to see themselves doing whatever it was that you did. So if you are getting some of that type of stuff in your life, that means you are on a very, very good trajectory and you want to keep going on that trajectory because having those doubters, those limiting beliefs from people is just simply proof that you are doing something quite exceptional yourself. So I think that's a good way to fold out the Colorado Trail. So check out the Colorado Trail documentary in the notes or in the description, the notes in the description of this, if you want to get the visuals to everything that's going on. So we will catch you another day.